Tonight we're going to take a look at a slice of life between the past, present, and future of three independent game creators. It's going to be a documentary this week, but we're covering Indie Game the Movie this week on Video Game Movie Anatomy. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movie. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Video Game Movie Anatomy. Hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome to a inspirational, uh, maybe hopefully not wanting to kill yourself episode of Video Game Movie Anatomy. Tonight we're trying something a little bit different. We are doing a documentary. We're doing vid- Indie Game the Movie. Uh, back from 2012. It, I, I love this movie. I, I'm, I'm so happy to get a chance to go back and look at it. But uh, I'm not doing it alone. Uh, I'm here with series regular. Um, I mean, you came off of a big week at Long Beach Comic Con, so that's why we had to delay this episode. But I'm here with Stacey Shuttleworth. Yes, I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me online on Twitter at Stacey Shuttles or online on Twitter and all over the web at Nerds Doing Stuff, where I'm a nerd doing stuff. And selling stuff. And selling stuff now. How did it go? It was wonderful. It was really fun. I sold at Long Beach Comic Con for the first time. I had my own little table and everything, and it was very exciting. It looked like you had a lot lot of fun. It was a really interesting experience. Really weird being behind a booth, other than like walking around and being part of the convention, but... Being still amongst the madness. (laughs) You can let us know what it's like uh, manning a booth once we talk a little bit more about Phil Fish and his experience (laughs) with Fez. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Indie Game the Movie, this is a documentary made in 2012 that follows the journeys of indie game developers as they create games and release those works and themselves. To the world. The three games that they covered were Jonathan Blow's Braid, uh, which had been out and sort of the linchpin, the benchmark, if you will, of indie game releases. Phil Fish, who was, the, who was the, developing the yet-to-be-released Fez with, from highly critical acclaim, and Edmund McMillan and Tommy uh, Rafenis, I'm sorry if I got that name wrong, but uh, Team Meat, who, who released Super Meat Boy, it got you got to be with them the day that Super Meat Boy was released, and uh, initial thought on the documentary I really enjoyed it overall uh, I really liked the way it was shot for the most part mm. um, and it was really interesting I love kind of that humanizing behind these, these I mean we get so much stuff to consume and so I mean whether it's a product or a game or a movie so it's really nice to kind of go behind that and look at the people who are back there mm. doing this and especially for projects as quirky as all of these like Jonathan Blow they mentioned it in the documentary had a very direct relationship to all of the critics and commenters. Yes. Uh, so you you got you kind you thought you knew what Jonathan Blow was like, and you got to <laughs> get a little bit more of a glimpse into why, and and it made sense uh, yeah. as to why he was responding the way he did. Um, but uh, yeah, I I love this movie. I, I remember seeing it come across my Steam dashboard back in mm. 2013, and it, it it came and went. And I only watched this maybe. Maybe two years ago, so in 2014, a couple of years after after it had come out, um, it had been on the top of my Netflix queue for years, and I'm I'm happy that it stayed there because I got one of those too, <laughs> several. <laughs> the, so um, the thing about this, this one's going to be a little bit different. We're still going to do some of our favorite uh, segments, some of our favorite games that we have with our regular movies, but I mean it's it's in a different light because we're dealing with real people. So hopefully it doesn't hit home. Uh, but uh, let's try. Um, we're going to start with our speed run, which is a definitive review of the film. It's short, it's quick, it's to the point. It'll make you want to buy the movie, we'll rent it from Blockbuster, or uh, leave it in its package right there on the shelf. So uh, what do you have? for a speed run of Indie Game the Movie. Okay, so 
Indie Game the Movie is a breathtaking, well-composed exploration of independent developers brimming with passion and a manic energy required to successfully navigate this uh, this challenging lifestyle. Words. No, it's good. No, no, that's fine. It's fine. Um, indie Game the Movie will inspire people who never wanted to make games to make games. And if you never wanted to make games, this will probably keep you from doing it at the same time. It's a, it's a very dividing piece. It's, it's, it's very dividing. It shows you the, the rigors, the, the mental stresses that we saw from very, very dramatic Phil Fish throughout, throughout yes. all of this. Um, Amped it up to 11. And Ed and Tommy uh, as well, seeing their relationship and, and with their family and with their loved mm-hmm. ones. And Jonathan Blow was there too. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it, this is one that I think any documentary fan should watch, as well as any... If, if you have played Braid, if you have played Super Meat Boy, if you have played Fez, uh, any, any behind-the-scenes look, people look for them. And, and to have a look mm-hmm. like this that's made so artistically uh, is, is required viewing at this point. Absolutely. Uh, did you have a controller toss moment? So the only thing that came close to a controller toss moment for me was... Uh, in the very beginning, they started, and you get the little caption that it's release day. And so you go through a little bit of that, and then it goes, present day, and you jump back in time. Mm. And I thought that was a really weird choice that didn't really work. Like, I, I, the, like the, it can't be present day. I mean, hmm. it could be your starting point, but it's we know it's not present day anymore. I don't know. I, I, I think things. It, it's, because if it just started with, Hey, we're making a game. Then, right. if for 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 people like us who are in it to see how these games are made and see the people behind them, like we don't necessarily need that hook. But for for people who are just in to watch a documentary, that could be something to be like, oh, conflict. What does that mean? How well, did they get there? What's going to happen? Okay, I, I have no problem with the the way they chose to to set it up. Just the wording. That oh, they, just the just, actual just wording. The wording. It's the present day. Well, it's not the present day. Yeah, it's it's so something like. Um, X days until release day. Something like that, I Something feel like, like would have made a little more consistency. Mm. I don't know. You can't really go to the present when you already... It's clearly the past. I don't know. No, that makes sense. It, like, it's the present it, day of when we started shooting. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was um, Phil Fish, uh, in oh, general. Um, all but, over the place. Uh, he, all over the place. He He had a lot of... He had a lot of issues at this time in his life, so it's not anything personally against the man. Mm-hmm. But um, th- there were times where it was like, "This is this is really dramatic, and it doesn't seem quite real." No, he would swing from being very charming and very real, and then just drama. And it mm. was like, "Okay, well, where are you coming from here?" It, it was a little too unstable, you know? Yeah, and, it was and all over. Like, when he was at PAX talking, and the, the game stopped working, he was like, it's a game-breaking bug. It's, I mean, we're, we're screwed. We're done. We're dead. Panicking. It's like, yeah. like, man, okay. Okay. I know this. you've been working on this for quite some time, and you got the stress of the guy who will, may or may not sign, but you're here. People are going to play your game. People are standing here watching you do this. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, is it's not just, it's like, oh... Hold on, this this is rare. We'll take care of it. Hold on, just right. give me a second. And and that's less important, you know. And and the you know what else was one was the freaking out about the Facebook likes on the trailer. Oh yeah, like, that was weird. They focused on that really heavily. It had like two hundred thirteen like, tweets and like uh, eleven thousand eleven thousand shares on Facebook. It's like like I know that's big and it's mm-hmm. gotten better now, but at the same time, 
that's and then then him going yeah it was a glitch it was all it was actually zero first of all i don't believe that i think the glitch was right. the zero as opposed to eleven thousand. and and him just going like yeah it was really it was really invigorating and then to get that all taken away from me i'm just like it was uh, yeah like it was this horrible like the worst thing that happened that entire day it just okay. it just sucked all the air out of me that crazy quebecois um <laughs> So we we don't necessarily follow anybody else than than these uh, these three studios. Um, how many how many of these three games have you played? So when the whole Fez thing happened, I stepped away and said I'm not playing that. Really? I did. I you know what? That was the one that I was kind of interested in playing, and then it kind of turned into just this big old mess. And I was like, all right, and then it just kind of went by the wayside, mm. and I never got around to it. Um, I never played Super Meat Boy either. That That's one I kind of missed. It looks amazing, and I really like Edmund McMillan. I've, I've played uh, The Binding of Isaac, which oh, I love. God. That's that a is, great game. I want to talk about a depressing game. Oh, That's it's a super depressing, depressing game. but it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one I don't know how I just completely missed. So I'm probably going to go back. I'm going to go back and revisit that one. Super Meat Boy was on Wii, Wii U, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 360, Xbox One. They recently brought it back to PS3, PS4, PC, everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go pick up everywhere. that one. That was real good. Getting that on Steam was the reason why I had to get a controller because I could not play that on keys. I needed the the response time of a controller, and seeing them develop it with a controller made Mm. me go, "This is not for this is not for PC. This is for Xbox. This is for PlayStation." Um, What about Braid? Braid, I never personally, you know, had my fingers on the keyboard playing it. I watched a lot of playthrough of that though. Mm. I I have beautiful. minimal experience with all th- well not minimal but I have experience with all three of these games mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting how after what after I first watched Indie Game the movie I didn't want to play Fez anymore because of how I saw Phil Fish react to everything and create mm. the stuff and 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 it it made me really sad because the little dude in a Fez super cute is super cute super, yeah. and and. Seeing all of the textures being uh, Tetris blocks. Really cool. Ad- adorable. That's wonderful. Yeah, see, because I hadn't watched the movie mm-hmm. at the point of the meltdown. And just, I, I was really detached from the indie world at mm-hmm. that point in my life. But I still saw it all happening on Twitter and heard about it. I mean, it was all anything was anyone was talking about for yeah. days. And so I'd see everything that was going on and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm... I'm don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go noise. into this world. I'm not, I'm not going there. Fez, and 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 I, I would say at this point, I'm I'm probably going to go back to it because it it seeing this from a different perspective and different eyes. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I I enjoyed Fez. I really did. It it is exactly as he said. He wanted to make a love letter to mm-hmm. gaming, and this was a story about gaming without actually being a story because. One of the things that he mentioned specifically was the people who would be on Twitter or the, or Facebook or people who would text me saying, "Hey, did you reach this room in, in Fez? If you do, if you like, t- there's a QR code. If you take a picture yeah. of the QR code, it'll send you to a page where you put in a code and you get a piece of the puzzle. Just like that's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, this uh, the documentary actually made me way more open to going back and playing Fez. And, and I would and recommend to... it. Um, but I, I would say first things first, though, Super Meat Boy. Like I, okay. I never. Anytime I go back to it, I never get too far, but it's always just the the game. It feels so good. All right, All it's, right. it's 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 it more responsive incredible. than Mario. It's more, so it's, so controller. You could definitely controller. Okay. Um, I I have a wired Xbox if you want to borrow. Um, 
Or or just get it on the console. Um, mm. And Braid, that, I mean, I was amongst that crowd of like, what is what is this? Beautiful. Exactly. It, it, was, it was a beautiful game, beautiful soundtrack, art style. And it's like, oh, it's... It's it's a puzzle and he's trying to save this princess, but oh, it's like oh, it's like Mario. Is this a Mario allegory? Is what, what is mm-hmm. this supposed to be? And and all of that unraveling, like I I get why he was so possessive of it. Yeah, I absolutely get that. I feel like if I was you know inclined to develop video games, I'd probably have a very similar reaction. You know, a very personal. That, that's a very personal thing. Mm. And, and, and I think especially for him, it was. So. And, and it's interesting how. I, I, and I don't know how the selection process worked with uh, James Swirsky and Lisanne Pajot, who who directed the film. Um, why? The, I mean, Braid, I can understand why. Mm-hmm. Why did they pick Super Meat Boy? And, why, and Fez, I can see them picking because of all of the awards that are run mm-hmm. before even It the had release. a history. Yeah. So so let's see where, where this is going. But right. um, it's it's so interesting that this this is a seminal movie that everybody needs to see, and these three games play an important part in indie gaming, modern indie gaming, oh, yeah. and gaming in general, mm-hmm. and how important all of these became. What were what was your favorite storyline thread to follow? Super Meat Boy. Yeah. I thought that, you know, those developers were really kind of endearing in a way and their storyline was um a little more positive in some ways Mm -hmm. there was still a lot of the freaking out and the same kind of panicking pressure um but there was a lot of humanity in there too and that game looks fantastic it it, is oh god (laughs) i'm ready to play so like it's like it's been mentioned and like i've seen in reviews past it's so punishing but Mm. it's nobody's fault but your own you the the controls are so tight and so well programmed that if you make a mistake, it's like, damn it, I need to get that right. So I'm gonna make it like through half of the first level, and no, you know, three weeks later, I'll still be on the first half of the first no, level. Man. But the the, the first cool. the, the first world is designed to get you used to. Well, and, 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 that's what they talk. They yeah, touch on that they, kind of. They touch on what the pur- what the purpose of, and I think the advantage of indie games versus big studio games is instead mm-hmm. of people going, "This is how you do something," they just put it in front of you and say, "Figure it out, idiot." And and Super Meat Boy is is one of the ones where you gotta figure it yeah. out, idiot. And they <laughs> they they help by there. There's some, and we're talking a little bit more about the game than the documentary, but they they include some guest characters from other games that have different okay. power-ups. So like Commander Video from the BitTrip one runner series has a has an ability where he can just kind of float like Princess Peach in Super Mario 2. Mm-hmm. And that's so helpful. And it's like, oh dude, I gotta be Commander Video for this one. But it's still the same go up the wall a bit, jump off and mm-hmm. and yeah. The, huh. See that, that <laughs> and that's part of the reason why I like this this movie so much is it makes me excited about what people can create and and without these games without and i I would say especially without braid we wouldn't have one of my favorite games of all time which is journey and and uh we'll talk a little bit more about what what movies we would want to see what sort of adaptation what right make this a little bit more like our regular show um what about the other um what about the other storylines? What are, I, I personally wanted to see more from Jonathan Blow. Yeah, he kind of dropped off about halfway through. They used him. It, it seems like they used him as a linchpin to go. Well, look at how cool Braid did. Right. It was kind of the setup, mm-hmm. and then you went into the up and coming developers, I guess. So yeah, I think there was a lot more to be said about him, and I know he's gone on and said a lot more 
about Braid. And, and the whole reason where we picked ending in the movie it was Patrick's idea, who you can follow at P to the D's, who is unfortunately not joining us tonight, but will join us next week when we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a different way. But um, because The Witness is coming out, which is another puzzle platformer, for, well, not platformer, but another puzzle game from Jonathan Blow is uh, out on consoles now. It's on Xbox finally. It was a PS4 exclusive for quite some time. So make sure you pick up The Witness. But Jonathan Blow has always been this sort of character in the gaming world that I think fit the mold of what we saw him in th- this uh, this movie. Yes. But it was that that made me go, well, why can't we just have Indie Game the Movie, Jonathan Blow, Indie Game the Movie, Phil Fish, Indie Game the Movie, Team Meat? Like, they could absolutely, yeah. They go back to it and, and have oh, a yeah. little bit more. Um, I, I Braid being so unique and new and different and yet being polished and and mm-hmm. having all of the things that a regular that a regular big budget game has except for certain levels of hype uh, i i'm so i'm just very surprised that they kept it so short because the movie is only like 93 94 minutes and it goes by fast it does super fast and i, I could have been in that world for an extra half hour easily why not it was i think yeah overall there were a few slow pacing moments but overall, it was really interesting what they had to say and, you know, watching the process. Because we got, we saw the struggle in Super Meat Boy, in, in the creation of Super Meat Boy and in the mm-hmm. creation of Fez and just Phil Fish in general. But we didn't really see that in, for Jonathan Blow and Braid. And I know this was all after the fact, but right. I think if, if they could have had him speak a little bit more on what that influence was like people are going to look back to Braid and go that's why i started making games and and we got that in this too mm-hmm. um if we sell twenty thousand, then that's better that's the same if not better double than what braid did and and that being the linchpin the benchmark I mean, yeah Braid I, was the benchmark oh that game that that soundtrack i was i was i wouldn't say blaring but i was listening <laughs> to i love that soundtrack anytime you get a fiddle in it um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the directors, um, Lisanne Pajot and James Swirsky. Um, this is kind of their only big project. Um, they're consultants for document documentary filmmaking. This was made out of a Kickstarter campaign, um, and they've spoken at a lot of events, Sundance, the Westock uh, Conference, XOXO Conference, the Vancouver International Film Festival, or VIF if you will, um, South by Southwest Game Developers Conference. Um, and they they ran the company that distributed the movie, which was uh, Blinkworks, and they, they kind of have been around video games their entire lives. So capturing this side of the world, I think that's why when um, Tim Schafer did his Kickstarter for, for uh, I forgot the name of the game, but the adventure game that came out of that Kickstarter, that I think the most... They, they kept it low, but people wanted to see the making of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what man? I, I want ugh, I want to save this for for next week when we have Patrick in. But right. I, it, there are so many there are so many games that if we could see the people behind it, not just the director, not just the Ken Levines, oh, yeah. not just the Cliff Blazinskis, um, but if we could see the entire team in it, I, I think you could get people a little bit more invested in the project. So they're like, oh, I mm-hmm. want I want Dave to have a win. I want the 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 field tester. I want. I want him to to have a day and feed his kids. Um, what What did you think about the perspective of this whole thing? Like, what did it? What insights did this, did this give you into indie game creation? Uh, I mean, 
I guess I never really stopped to consider how much of a solo project a lot of these things are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I figured small teams, a couple of people, but these, I mean, it really showcased how this is one, maybe two people really doing everything mm -hmm. and taking on the brunt of the work. And I mean, the scope of that is just pretty incredible. And these are the success stories. Like, right. imagine the ones that are these these people that these same people that put everything into it, and it, that's it. They make yeah. it. Nothing really happens. You see it on a Steam sale for thirty cents. Eh, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. It doesn't have great reviews. The, I'm, Steam is unforgiving. Too. I'm kind of interested in that story as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we're gonna we're gonna yeah. talk about it next week. Um, but there was sort of a supplemental sequel called Indie Game Life After that we're gonna talk about next week when we get back on our regular schedule. But um, we're gonna talk about more more about other games that they featured on that like Spelunky, which I'm surprised didn't make it into the original cut, mm -hmm. and some of the asset creation on Braid as well. Right. There's there's definitely more to explore. Um, what was there anything? What what was one of your favorite methods? That they what, like you. You mentioned that you like the style. What was it about the style that that drew you into this? As far as the filming, how yeah, it, as how in, it was shot. Um, I just think it was really artistic. As far as a lot of the shots, uh, some of them were a little corny, but just I, they did a really good job, I guess, of kind of showcasing in a lot of the wider shots just how isolating. Some of the developers felt, and like, I thought that was really effective. Like huge room, but their their back they're, is to everything, and yeah, they're, just they're stuck sitting in a, in a little chair, yeah. you know, and everything's dark and shadow. It, it just had some interesting shots like that that I thought were really effective. Mm -hmm. um, I like it. It looked super professional, and it and really did this. It was a tiny budget, um, and and not we're not moving past some production stuff, but mm -hmm. um, it had a hundred thousand Canadian uh, Canadian dollar budget, um, which translates to at least modern today mm -hmm. seventy five thousand dollars. Which I I mean, I that's that's nothing. That's pennies. No. That's pittance. Um, but to get the reaction that they got, and not to have a major release, but it still has such a huge foothold on the entire industry, giving it away for free. It's been on Netflix forever. Right. It, it's all, and, it's and there to watch. It's there to watch, and it's also, it's all about the story to, to these folks, and I, and I mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. Um, they directed, produced, shot, edited the entire thing, and they have uh, uh, Jim Guthrie to thank for the score, which felt like a, like a combination of Braid and Fez, because Super Meat Boy is... Completely completely different type of world. Um, but it ended up being an indie darling, like all mm -hmm. of these games were. Um, and and it I, I would like to see them experiment more and keep like touching back and make indie game the movie two, indie game the movie three, or, oh, or, or whatever, just so that we can get a linchpin so that Super Meat Boy is the one that is considered the benchmark. And then we've got another game that's about to start. Even though, yeah. like indie, indie studios these days, while there are a lot of the two people, one person, two person, five person teams, right? Like it's gotten to the point where it's like a twenty person team, thirty person oh, team, yeah. and it's it's a little bit more. It has expanded exponentially in the past <laughs> couple of years alone. So we have a lot of things that are still they're still indie, mm -hmm. but it's not this kind of one person working from home type. Yeah, it's an experience. indie style. Right. So we want an indie style studio like Sony Santa Monica that did 
um, that did Journey, um, or that game company that turned into Sony Santa Monica mm. that did Journey. You know, the their art director went and made Abzu, which came out earlier this year, which is essentially Journey Underwater. But I would still recommend playing it because that's I liked that better than Inside on the whole, and people are giving Inside so, so and Patrick would kill me if he was here and he heard me say that, but... Um, you're saying it, isn't it? It's, I, I, I would suggest it, though. You got a PS4, you pick up Abzu. I'm talking to you directly, I'm not talking to the okay. folks. I'm talking to Work you. On it. St- at Stacy Shuttles. Pick up, pick up, uh, Journey is free right now on the PlayStation Network, Fantastic. so pick that up. I have free time now, so I can play games again. Yeah, you don't have to really hustle excited. and make jewelry. Really excited. Get... <laughs> um... Dang it, no. We have to talk about the next week because it was in Life After. Okay. It was very, there's a very funny metaphor that one of the fellows from Team Meat brought up about modern gaming and he made an independent game to sort of comment on it. And it's like, that was me last month. Crap. Um, <laughs> oh, the summer games. Anyway, oh, um, uh, so screw it. Why not? Let's get into some critical reception. This didn't really have a major release it wasn't they toured it around in theaters Mm -hmm. but uh it was mostly digital and mostly the festival circuit and this is the highest rating i think we will ever see i was shocked i also shocked that the critic score is higher than the audience score 93 percent uh score for the critics for rotten tomatoes and 91 percent for audience and it has a 7.7 out of 10 at imdb crazy wild Amazing. Um, and so I had to really look to find a negative review, and I don't. I it's. I just think it's a bad review. Um, so let's start. Actually, let's start with that one, and we'll end with happy. Jeremy Heilman right. at MovieMartyr.com said the film becomes a cheerleader for its subjects, which limits its ability to understand them, which I don't necessarily agree with. No, I really don't think so. It doesn't like. And it's not like they take their subjects and take away all the bad and just show them as these glowing, wonderful individuals. Phil Fish. For example. But I, and I also don't think that the, the wording is so limiting, like for online release, indie game, Xbox Live Arcade, Summer of Arcade, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think the, the language is so like video game insider that no. it limits people's understanding. No, I don't think so either. I think it's a very broad kind of approach. I mean, even people who really aren't into gaming could totally pick this up. Like, as a documentary fan, could pick it up and learn something new that would mean something. This is an important tool for game makers and filmmakers and film Mm -hmm. fans and game fans. I I think it, yeah. And I think it even could go even a little more universally than that, too. Just that struggle of working so hard to achieve something. Life's goal, you know. Um, And to speak to exactly what you just said, (laughs) Linda Barnard from the Toronto Star says, You may have never picked up a game console in your life, but there's universal access thanks to compelling stories in Indie Game the Movie. And I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, One that I think Patrick would be appreciative of, Soren Anderson says, They're works of art. They're windows into the onto the psychological what onto the psychology. I'm going to take that again. Take two. Soren Anderson from the Seattle Times says they're works of art. They're windows onto the psychology of their creators. They're video games. Beautiful. Too true. Yeah, that's perfectly phrased. Yeah, that, and that's that uh, along with Linda's is. Uh, I, I think the the best way to take it. Um, mm-hmm. And this this one. 
a lot of awards. It won the World Cinema Documentary Editing Award at the 2012 Sundance Film Festival. Uh, It was also named Best Documentary at the Utah Film Critics Association and nominated for the Canadian Screen Awards at the first Canadian Screen Awards in Best Feature Length Documentary. So um, it's it's garnered a lot of attention from fans, from viewers, from game fans. But it's it's also it also made some strides, like being getting Best Editing at Sundance is crazy it's pretty huge best crazy <laughs> best possible crazy um any any final thoughts on the story that they were trying to tell um, i know it's hard not to go into the epilogue which we'll talk about more next week right. so we're kind of we're kind of doing a two-parter yes. um just so that we can get patrick in to to touch on the stories a little bit more as well um he is an insanely busy man but i value his oh. opinion and i want to make sure that it can be shared It'll be a good time next week. What? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it was pretty cohesive mm-hmm. throughout the way they set it up. Um, and as much as I would have liked to see more of Braid, I did kind of like the way that was set up as the, all right, this is what we have, and then this is what they're working towards. And over, I mean, overall, I think the editing was really good. There were a couple of times where you had to reorient yourself mm-hmm. pretty quickly, but the setup shots, like the locations that they would show you, made it pretty easy. So it was the establishing really shots were super cinematic, and mm-hmm. it it was the same for the convention center for PAX as it was right. for like Edmonds Room. Right. So it, it was the same sort of like short tracking, just barely moving, but playing with the focus mm-hmm. and, the, and the feature of the shot. And it put you back where you you know it put you back in the mindset of whichever storyline we were mm-hmm. following. What what was your favorite uh, Phil Fish uh, hairstyle or facial hairstyle? Oh God, I know. Do you like the chops? <sighs> chops were, had to go. They were they were great <laughs> in a horrible horrible way. I mean, in a you just stared at it. What what are you thinking? And, and as much you're as, making this beautiful game, what are you thinking? And as much as as, as everybody gives Phil Fish uh, crap, I, I I I don't necessarily think he deserves it. He he kind of dug his own uh i don't want to say dug his own grave but he he's essentially kind of making the bed that he has to sleep in mm-hmm. so there are a couple of instances where it's like just what if you just do that and he's like no i'm making my game it's my art it's my vision like any yeah. cocky artist would so right. it i i think the i i'm kind of jokingly messing messing around with phil fish but i mm-hmm. i i respect the fact that he stayed so true to the vision that he wanted but there is a time when you've got to let it go. You gotta be able to bend a little bit. Like he was talking to Tycho at PAX, like this is this is essentially Fez four. Like he yeah. rebuilt the game from the ground up four times, and as much as he vilifies his ex partner, uh so, sometimes you're like, Oh, well, I know why he left, because this dude's a flipping loon. Um yeah. and I don't mean and I don't mean the uh, currency because he's from Canada, I mean Loon the Bird. Uh, it was a dumb joke. Um, but yeah, like he he, he came off uh, a very possessive and mm-hmm. he was like, if I see him, I don't know, I might murder him, I might kill him, I might strangle him. It was like, very violent a few yo. times. Several yeah. times. Like, like okay. so, so favorite line, um, one of my favorite lines, and this, and this isn't a joke, but it kind of presented the seriousness of the situation and how important this type of work is to people. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do if you can't finish the game? Kill myself. 
Instantly. That means he's thought about it. Okay, but then he thought about it again and reiterated it. Yeah. Which was like... Which is worse. Yeah. Like this... Uh, that That's where it... It, it uh, sort of dives from um, this misguided self, self-righteous self artist into troubled man who needs help and this is the only guiding life lighting the only guiding light in his life yeah that that was one of the worry kind of and a couple of them were very flippant about that idea mm-hmm. like oh well i'll kill myself okay it seemed to come off too naturally it was really easily thrown around a couple of times but, yeah, like which which member of team meat was it oh it was, was it tommy tommy yeah yeah mm-hmm. just like mm, whatever yeah like it was nothing i'm just gonna kill myself whatever i'm just living with my parents i got my cat I got my cats here. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. Very interesting. Did you have, did you have a favorite line? Uh, I did it, more because it personally resonated with me a little bit. It wasn't um, the killing yourself, was it? No, no, it was definitely not that one. Good. No. Um, it was Edward McMillan talking about, um, why he's doing this. And so it's my whole career has been me trying to find new ways to communicate with people because I desperately want to communicate with people. But I don't want the messy interaction of having to make friends and talk to people because I probably don't like them. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Like it's it's him with with Edmund and Phil. They both kind of had a similar way of video games and art helped me express myself. Right. But Ed had a better attitude about it. He had a much better attitude about it. Uh-huh. Just overall, he was he was a much more enjoyable human being. And I don't think they presented Phil Fish in a terrible light in the documentary I think at all. He presented himself in in a light that he may not have known was being shown. Mm-hmm. And I think he may have given them. He he um, he's been on record saying that he loved the movie. Um, so and and that nailed his like what he was feeling at the time. But I I don't know, dude. Yeah. I mean, there were there were several parts where I was like, okay, this doesn't seem like the Phil Fish that I, you know, had thought he was. Like the picture that was painted from his previous meltdowns mm-hmm. and that, you know that whole big controversy. So there were a couple moments where I was like, all right, he's actually he's fine. He's just stressed or whatever. Uh, but I think yeah, Edmund overall was just a little more jovial a little more he, he was definitely more jovial and i and i could i could relate to him a lot more uh mm-hmm. and he in having that expression and and he he's made several games over the years all flash um all flash and no sizzle that's not true <laughs> nope. um and uh next week when we talk about indie game life after uh that went into much more detail on what each specific project meant. Um, there's one that he dedicated to his niece uh, that was just adorable. And then he goes from that and makes a game about a monster vagina. Um, you know. Just to see that he could. Why not? Um, but, I mean, and, and talking about his story a little bit more, hearing that just because he drew monsters as a kid instead of, like, happy things, they're like, yeah, yeah they wanted to ev- psychologically evaluate that me. That was super interesting. Just kind of those misconceptions that people can jump to. Art, the... Like, art isn't all flowers, and sometimes it's a boy with no skin who wants to save a, a bandage girl from the evil Dr. Fetus. I still want to see that movie. And uh, let's get Zach Galifianakis or Chris Pratt as a uh, oh, meat boy. Uh, <laughs> well, Jared Leto is evil Dr. Fetus this, or Bandage Girl, whatever. Take an interesting turn. <laughs> All right. Let's, um, let's go. So, um, 
Actually, speaking of which, that's that's the gimmick we're doing. Um, so instead of recasting, because this was a documentary, you can't recast people. I mean, you could. That'd be weird. Um, I'd recast Phil Fish. That's not true. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to talk about which of these three games do we want to see a film adaptation of. And again, that's if you weren't paying attention or you're just joining us for the first time, we're doing Indie Game the Movie. So Fez, Braid, Super Meat Boy... Which of these three do you want to see a film adaptation of? Like the emphasis on Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy. <laughs> because I don't think your choice is obvious. No. Uh, I would totally go with Super Meat Boy. Um, I was thinking about it and I was like, all right, this could go one of two ways. It could be like this crazy high paced like action kind mm-hmm. of really out there and kind of silly. Or it could be just something so dark and like going back to the fact that he was talking about how he was always trying to save his girlfriend because he literally needed her. Mm-hmm. And like talking about how he's got no skin. He's probably in horrible pain all the time. But he he just keeps going. But he just goes. It could be this like twisted thing. And I mean that's also beautiful. Oh I could that's I like, would watch either. You make happily. me whole, you make me complete and mm-hmm. you make me not hurt. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a physical manifestation of an of an emotional struggle. It's a very extreme metaphor. I mean, I like it. It's great. Like it they is. they Good. for a game that does, that story seems so silly when you think about it. You're just like, this guy's scraping up walls and yeah. like pitter pattering across trying to trying to escape from this evil doctor fetus. Um, I I I would want to see what they do with it, but I I they would have to be directly involved because oh yeah. If they if they gave it to an independent animation studio to make something, mm-hmm. I think that would be the closest it could be to fulfilling its potential. And I mean, after we reviewed Angry Birds uh, earlier in the summer, and it was like, how do you take something so simple, so basic, no dialogue, no nothing, and turn it into a movie? And they did. They turned it into a movie. They made it happen. A great movie. A really enjoyable one. Uh, which, if you still have a question whether or not you should see that movie, why don't you go back and watch our episode from June, uh, where we covered Angry Birds here on Video Game Movie Anatomy. Um, and as much, as much as I love... Super Meat Boy, and I really love Super Meat Boy. I think a Braid film, which goes against the the hero's journey mm-hmm. sort of stigma that films have, where it's like, oh, it's got to be the hero, it's got to be this, it's got to be that. If you haven't played Braid, there comes a point where you realize it's a different type, and, and I don't even want to spoil it. It's been eight <laughs> years that this game's been out, and if you haven't played it, you need to go play it, but there there comes a point in the game where everything starts to turn a little bit, and everything changes, and the, the, the perspective that you thought you were seeing it from is completely different than what's expected, because, oh... I'm a, I'm a video game protagonist. There's a dinosaur here who's telling me that the princess is in another castle. And then that explanation starts to get a little bit longer. You, you start to piece together parts of your past and what exactly you're doing in order... Why, why you're saving this princess. Why you're saving your girlfriend. Um, I almost said something else that would have spoiled a little bit more. But, yeah. Um, so I think playing with, playing with that dynamic and shifting the paradigm, it's still... Mm-hmm. Um, a short movie it may not necessarily be it could i mean we've had combination animation live action it it can be something where he goes into this world as opposed to it all being animation Mm -hmm. or all being live action with the weird fuzzy monsters yeah um it it could be mostly live action um and and it's still this this big journey that ends up 
changing near the end. But um, I, I think a Braid movie would be challenging. I don't mm-hmm. think Jonathan Blow would let it happen. <laughs> Probably not. Unless he directly no. wrote it no. and was responsible for everything. Oversaw everything. There's, yeah. there's no way. But uh, that's mean... that's what I would like to see. Let us know what you would want to see a movie adaptation of between Fez, Super Meat Boy, and Braid. Let us know in the comments down below or mm-hmm. let us know on Twitter using the hashtag VGMAnatomy. Um, final thoughts on indie game the movie i mean again i'll read it i absolutely loved kind of seeing the behind the behind the screen like take on it seeing, seeing the, people, the code seeing, seeing the, the code, code of the matrix getting in there yeah and i liked Hacking that it was system. totally accessible you know just that idea of doing what you love and working as hard as you need to and the fact that when you're doing that it sucks sometimes and it's hard and you want to quit and you feel like it's going to be the end of the world if you don't succeed and you just keep doing it and then seeing these guys have the success afterwards mm-hmm. and dreams do come true Indeed. uh you just got to work toward them uh it's the new disney paradigm <laughs> we saw it with princess and the frog we're seeing it again here with indie game the movie uh what it takes to be a success these days ha- has completely changed um but it's also if you if you stick to your guns like Phil Fish and you put the work in like Team Meat, uh, you can get success like Jonathan Blow did with Braid. And it it I, I'm going through a time right now where I feel like I'm overworked and I probably am. But watching this made me go just just a little more. Just like that, it's that just a little more that you need to continue. And mm-hmm. and I love it. And I. If again, if you're watching this or listening to this and you haven't watched Indie Game the movie, we haven't super spoiled a lot of it for you. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I know that anytime we we have a positive experience with the movie, it's a different, completely different type of show. Oh God, it um, really is. And especially with a documentary where there's no necessarily through line plot, but. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to hear from you. Uh, what did Indie Game the movie teach you? What did you learn from it? Uh, what of the three games do you want to see a film adaptation of? Why am I so burpy? All these and more next week. But um, let us know in the comments <laughs> down below. Questions. Let us know on Twitter. Um, would you want, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, this may or may not necessarily work with a documentary, but um, if you wanted to see, do you want to see these filmmakers go back to the well and make a new indie game to movie from new perspectives and new games? I could watch a weekly serialized, you know, series on them following different developers, whether they focused on one per week or a month or, you know, whatever. But I could mm. I could totally watch a series where they go in and kind of go behind the scenes. I like that kind of thing. And then keep checking in with people. So you so you would give this an extra life. I would give this an extra life. That's our that's our rating system, Game Over or Extra Life. We've kind of just been skimming over the rules. It's a little bit interesting. Sorry if this is your first episode joining us. Um, but it's yay or nay here. Extra Life or Game Over. You give it an extra life. I agree. Extra Life. Um, and what we're going to talk about a little bit more next week in Life After is we do get to see some other game studios. And it's not as in-depth. We don't get to know the people. We just get to know kind of the projects. Mm-hmm. We get to know a little bit of the person and hear, hear a couple of extra stories. But um, I, I would always be down to hear more. 
Like I would like to see mm-hmm. the story from the uh, the artist at or the art director from that game studio move from Journey to Abzu and see what that whole process was like and and why yeah. they're in this sort of world. Uh, again, let us know what you think in the comments down below mm-hmm. or on Twitter. Um, before we go, I uh, just wanted to mention uh, again next week we are doing indie game Life After. Also on Netflix, so make sure to watch that. It's two hours. It's an epilogue for all of these stories. So we're going to kind of wrap everything up with Patrick so that Patrick can share his thoughts on the entire experience as well. Expand upon it. It might be a shorter episode, but we need a break from all of the garbage (laughs) that uh, Hollywood has thrown at us. Especially since we're getting into horror movie season and I don't want to watch all the rest of the Resident Evil movies, but... I'm really excited for these terrible horror movies. Um, And live for them sometimes. So we're going to do... Especially in October. So, So actually, maybe I'll put out a poll. Whether we do Blood Rain, Silent Hill, uh, House of the Dead, oh yeah, or uh, or Res- the next Resident Evil, um, <laughs> maybe we can push that one back a little. Further. We gotta we gotta watch them all before the new one comes. I com- know. Before the last one comes we still out, have some time. It's weird that that's coming out in the spring. That's really bizarre. Seems unfitting. I mean, it's it's an action movie. It's not a, it's not a Halloween movie. It's an action movie. I guess. It's really stupid. Um, but until next week, and that's not two weeks, next, next week, week we will be back doing Indie Game Life After. Uh, but until then, Stacy, where can the folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Stacy Shuttles or on Twitter and all over the web at Nerds Doing Stuff, where I'm a nerd doing stuff. We'll be writing about Long Beach and about a couple of other things, not Scary Farm we just attended. For oh, that's right. How was that? Night. It was a lot of fun. They have great mazes, so... Count on some stuff like that. And don't they have a laser tag thing or like? Oh my laser? gosh, they have. Yeah, it's like the like being in Call of Duty Zombies where they jump out at you. It was terrifying. That I sounds. I I was gonna die. Awful. <laughs> it was I, awful. I wouldn't even shoot people. I would just butt them. Honestly, I started out shooting people and I was really proud of myself. And then halfway through, I just panicked <laughs> and ran head down, like gun clutched to my chest. It was so bad. Whatever. I'm done. <laughs> I was. <laughs> um, so make sure to follow follow nerds doing stuff. I I write from sometimes. You allowed me to do a review of the Backstagers, which is a great comic book, um, and and I highly recommend anybody pick that up and check out nerds doing stuff. Um, I was on today's episode of Hot Pepper Gaming. If you missed it, if you don't know what that show is, that's where they feed you a hot pepper and ask you to review a game. I reviewed Re- Ruby Grim Eclipse from our friends at Rooster Teeth. Uh, it was a great time. Um, my mouth was only on fire for maybe like ten minutes total. But, yeah, it was a lovely experience. I love uh, hanging out with Vernon and and helping those guys out. And I went to high school with the editor, so that's also kind of weird to be like, hey, (laughs) you only see me through videos these days. Um, But, yes, go check out Hot Pepper Gaming. Leave a comment. Um, They haven't ripped me apart yet, but, hey, do me a favor. Um, uh, Leave leave me a positive comment. Also, if you're a fan of next week... We are, we are doing Indie Game Life After. On our sister network, AfterBuzz, though, we are doing Crunch Time, which is a new Rooster Teeth series. I highly recommend it. Um, Patrick is going to be leading that one, which is why I bring it up. Um, it'll be his first show that he's actually leading. He's, this is the most excited he's been about a project in quite some time. So please join us. It'll be right after this show. So it's going to be 6 o'clock. Er, no, it's going to be at 8 o'clock. Excuse me. Um, we're going we're gonna to be doing this at 6, Crunch Time at 8. Watch it on Rooster Teeth. The first two episodes are free. Um, also, follow me on, on Twitter, at Mark Budonica. I have a lot of other things that I will not spend more time talking about. So follow me at Mark Budonica, Stacy at Stacy Shuttles, Patrick at Peter the D's, all of us here at the Popcorn Talk. Leave us comments, mm-hmm. subscribe uh, on iTunes, and ya- Yahoo, and, you- and Yahoo, why I'm not? sure. But also YouTube. Um, thank you for joining us this week on Video Game Movie Anatomy. We will see you on Steam. 
from producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.